Okay, welcome back to Three Questions Podcast. My name is Cameron King. I am the founder and owner of CK Collective, a strategy marketing consultancy agency. I record these podcasts, put them on YouTube, but they also go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well. And I'd like to thank Justin, Justin from North Carolina here, uh, one of my long-term clients. And I am so proud of Justin's progress over the past year. Uh, Justin and I have been working together and he submitted three questions, which you can do on the website, ckcollective.co. And I love when clients submit questions because it helps other people. It helps me learn stuff. I get to learn things. I get to look things up. I get to really think about things, things that I have learned from my mentors, books, YouTube videos, life experiences, you name it. And then I get to share them and teach them. Not that I know everything, but that a little bit of knowledge can go a long way, especially when you hear it from another person. Okay. We all listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of content in general. I am trying to be more proactive with my content production because I am starting to see a higher level of things. And I, I, I feel like they need to be dispersed to a wider range of audience. So it's my job here on this podcast. I consider it my job to sort of introduce you to new concepts, new ideas that have come my way or are coming from clients or elsewhere out there in the world. So without further ado, Let's hop into Justin's questions. As always, five minutes per question, three questions per podcast, typically under 20 minutes. I'll do all the promo stuff after. Yeah. All right. Question number one, general tips on how to be consistent with your New Year's resolutions, working out, eating, studying, whatever. Uh, Justin put in a comment. For me, it's going to be reading at least a book a month and working out four times a week. So general tips are that everybody goes into the new year with goals, okay? Everybody spends the last couple of days right after Christmas, and this is inherently the problem. I've talked about this with a, a few of my clients. People wake up from Christmas, their Christmas hangover, whatever, 27th, 28th of December, and then they go, okay, well, what are we doing for New Year's, right? And then they sort of wake up hungover, and then they're like, all right, well, what do I want to change this year? You didn't really spend enough time thinking about who exactly you want to be and really reviewing the year behind, right? If if you work in the professional world, you know that Q1, Q2, and Q3, they're all three months long. I start taking into account my, my past year's you know experiences at the start of Q4. So October 1st, I start looking back and be like, okay, cool. What have I either not done or done this year that I want to change, right? How much what are, what percentage of my goals that I really accomplish? And for me, that process starts in October, gets refined in November, and then I really start figuring out, okay, well, next year, this is how I'm going to show up. These are the things that I'm going to start doing. And I start doing those things in December. For me, the practice to really refine those gets, gets implemented in December. Why? Because things really slow down. And so I think by being a month earlier, sliding your timeline up a month earlier and start implementing these things on December 1st, you can have this sort of trial and tribulations period where you're trying to figure out what's actually going to work for you. For instance, if you want to start going to the gym in four times a week and reading at least 10 pages a day, you start doing that in December. And then you figure out what motivates you or what doesn't motivate you. And then you just sort of refine the process or you refine the goal. Maybe your goal is too much. Maybe you're trying to read 30 pages a day and you're like, I can only get you know, 10. And maybe I only want to do it five days a week instead of seven days a week. You have to figure out what that trial period is in December. So by January, you're ready to rock and roll. Okay. The other thing is with goals, man, if you don't have them written down, if you're watching on YouTube, 
Those are all my goals written on the wall behind me. Okay. I have my one month goals, three month goals, six month goals, 12 month goals, two years, five years, 10 years, and 20 year goals. What do I do? I look at those every single morning, every single night. When I accomplish one, I cross them off. Okay. I put all of them in affirmations that I read and record. And I spend at least 30 minutes listening to those a day. Okay. This is probably a little bit in excess, but at some point, your goals, you have to start brainwashing yourself to do these things. And when they become automatic, it is much easier. When they become non-negotiables, like, hey, I got to read today or I got to listen to a book. That's a non-negotiable for me. You will start making time for the things that you want to do that include your non-negotiables, okay? If that doesn't work, my goal for you or my advice, I'll say, I won't use the word goal anymore. My advice for you in attaining these things that you wish to implement into your life you have got to find a way to reward yourself after you do these things, okay? For instance, maybe you really like Hershey Kisses. And if reading 10 pages a day, you get your Hershey Kiss afterwards, you get to start rewarding yourself the same way that you reward a dog for doing tricks that you've taught it, okay? You can literally train your limbic system, your reptilian brain to follow these sort of dopamine hits that we can give ourselves after we start doing these things, right? Maybe you can use some sort of reward system like a smoothie, you know, after if you've worked out four times a week, right, then you get a smoothie on Friday or Saturday, or maybe you go out to brunch on Saturday, whatever these things are, you need to have a regimented way to sort of implement a reward system into your brain. And this is different for every everybody. I would highly recommend listening to Huberman Lab. Andrew Huberman talks all about the dopamine reward system. I'm not going to get into it with the, the 30 seconds that I have left here. But when you start to find out what subtle rewards work for you and training you to do the hard things, all of a sudden you're going to want to do the hard things just to get that reward and starting to do those hard things won't even ever be a problem. Okay. So start earlier with refining and implementing your goals, put that implementation period into December for this year when you get there and then figure out some sort of easy reward system. That is how you can be more consistent with your new year's resolutions. Okay. Let's hop to question number two. What is the healthy balance of enjoying yourself and working on yourself slash goals? Okay. A healthy balance of enjoying yourself and working on goals. Uh, I guess we're going to get into the dopamine reward system because there's really no other way to answer this. Okay. So I'm going to answer your question by taking a step on the side. Dopamine is the molecule of more. Okay. Dopamine is, is a reward in and of itself. It's also a neurotransmitter in your body throughout your entire body. So when you you experience things like simple pleasures, right? Chocolate, cheese, cocaine, sex, a little bit of alcohol, or you see a red notification or you eat that really cheesy pizza or that, that fried chicken finger, your brain gives you a little bit of a reward by saying, hey, I like this, right? I want more of this. And it sends dopamine as a neurotransmitter to the parts of you that are experiencing that thing, okay? Now, dopamine really starts at a baseline of zero, and the funny thing with dopamine is, right, when we do things that really feel good, tons of sex, tons of chocolate, tons of, right, uh, orgasms, alcohol, you name it, we go to maybe plus 100, 200, plus 300 on the dopamine scale, okay? And how dopamine actually resets itself is by going into the negative if we allow it, okay? So say every time we check Instagram, we get a plus 10 of, of dopamine hit. Okay. And we know that dopamine is a neurotransmitter that beckons more dopamine. It is a molecule of more. 
So when we experience dopamine, right, we check Instagram, we get a message, right? That's plus 10 on dopamine. It makes us want to check Instagram again when that dopamine finally fades. Dopamine is not a lasting uh, effect. It has a very, very temporary effect on us, okay? So when that dopamine fades, that plus 10, okay, we go back down to zero, which is probably why we continue to check Instagram throughout the day because we want another dopamine hit, okay? So say we get to plus 150 on the dopamine scale because we've been checking Instagram, waiting for that, our favorite person to DM us, our favorite memes or whatever. Eventually, what happens is your dopamine needs to reset. And in order to get back to zero, it has to offset itself back to negative 150, okay? And so when our dopamine goes to negative 150, what we inherently experience is we experience a feeling of loss, of depression, of not acceptance, right? We feel anxious. We feel slightly depressed. We feel really irritable. We This is a very necessary thing in order for dopamine to reset its baseline back to zero, okay? And I will say that while dopamine is a temporary molecule that makes us feel good, endorphins are a much longer lasting way to feel good endorphins have no negative counterbalance okay so if you work out there are only two ways to get natural endorphins and that is working out and that is meditating and this has been scientifically proven so when you meditate or you exercise you get endorphins that last for i think it's 10 to 15 times longer than the amount of dopamine and endorphins you can go to plus a thousand right so you can go to plus 400 if you want it will always always reset back to zero and never go beyond zero so endorphins is what you should be chasing however dopamine is better used as a molecule to help you accomplish your goals these little checkpoints okay and i would say to answer your question because i'm three minutes into this one the healthy balance of enjoying yourself and working on yourself slash goals is figuring out how to minimize your your excess dopamine intake okay figure out where you're getting excess dopamine in your life okay whether that's cheese chocolate sex alcohol uh checking social media too much what you should really be chasing is endorphins that make you feel good because endorphins will help you enjoy yourself number one in a more natural way than dopamine is if you can think about these as drugs right and endorphins are probably like mushrooms have very little side effects and then dopamine would be like co the cocaine for your system. Okay. It wants more and more and more until you feel really shitty. Now, working on yourself and goals, you have to figure out what these rewards are for you. And oftentimes it's dependent on your goals, right? So if your goals, whether they're personal or professional, you need to figure out some sort of reward system that works. Okay. Is it getting outside more? Is it reading more? What happens if you, you reach your weekly goals or your daily goals? Like how do you reward yourself? I think for a lot of people, they reward themselves by going out and drinking on the weekends, and that tends to do more damage over the long term, right? Because you're sort of keeping yourself in this sort of self-sabotaging loop. I've been there. We've all been there. But you need to figure out how to reward yourself in a healthier way by leveraging more endorphins to dopamine chasing habits. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, we can talk more about that in our sessions, you know, how to book more sessions on, on my website. That's pretty much it, though. It's a vague question, and I just want to get into those specifics before I jump into your last one here, okay? So, last question. What are three most underrated but important things I can do to proactively improve my life? Okay, so another broad strokes question. I would say, holy cow, underrated things that you can do to improve your life. For me, I will answer this very simply. If I implement cold showers into my life, if I run 
on a consistent basis, three to five times a week. Uh, and if I meditate, holy cow, those three things are, are the best things that I can do from the most elemental aspect of just benefiting myself. If I implement, you know, uh, at least a 30 minute run in the morning, not only does my, do I get endorphins, but my metabolism goes up, my brain fog goes away, any sort of lethargy goes away. Uh, if I meditate, right, I get immediate, in, I tend to meditate in the morning, but if I meditate in the morning, I get rid of my imposter syndrome. I'm able to just let all my demons tire themselves out, all my insecurities, and then I'm able to sort of organize all of my thoughts, my to-do list in a very cohesive way. I tend to meditate for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then cold therapy for me is a great way. Just take a cold shower. I get in the shower, whether it's hot or it's cold, and then I blast it ice cold, as cold as it can possibly go for two minutes. And what that does is it shunts all of the blood from my extremities into my core to protect my vital organs because it thinks that I'm dying, right? And after the two minutes that I get out of the shower, the blood will sort of return to the extremities. Okay, what this does, it gets rid of lactic acid, it eases stress, it eases tension, allows my body to sort of recover more, and it gives my brain dopamine because it goes, okay, you're out of trouble, good job, you survived that thing. So there's a huge dopamine rush, okay? But that 10 out of 10 times, I, it has never failed me. It gets rid of my headaches. It gets rid of my depression. It gets rid of all, all my fear. Not that I experience these things more than an, an average human being, but like immediately I get out and I'm like, wow, I feel great. I'm ready to tackle the day. Man, if I can take a cold shower every single day, I can shovel shit all day, right? It's like putting on an invisible suit of armor. And for me, these things, I, I think by doing these things in the morning, I am proactively ready to tackle my day. Unfortunately, I feel and see and hear this from a lot of my clients that they get up and like most people, what do they do? They're checking your phone. And when you do this, you become reactive to the world around you. You become reactive to the world outside of you. If you are not like, I do not look at my phone the first hour of the day. I swear to God, I have a wristwatch and then I, I, track my time. I know where I need to be the night before because I typically write my to-do list the night before. So I get up, I know where I need to be. I know when I need to be there. And I'll, I will glance at my phone after I take my cold shower, after I meditate, just to make sure there's no emergencies. I don't have 10 missed calls and I use my alarm for my wristwatch. So I know that there's no emergencies. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to go for a run. Maybe I'll put it on airplane mode. Maybe I'll just throw it in my pocket and just listen to music. That's one way I, I do that. But I, do not let the day become reactive. If I become reactive to my day, I lose control immediately. And I feel like 98% of the world wakes up and they give their power to their phone. They give their power to the outside world around them. And so many people don't realize that if you just took control of yourself in your day and let your mind sort of process and get rid of all the, the fear, anxiety, imposter syndrome of, of whatever you're doing and just mentally prepare yourself for the world, you'd be in a so much, you'd be in a much more powerful position to tackle what you need to tackle. And I wish I could tell everybody this. And I hope if you're listening to the podcast that you start doing this, but you need to take time for yourself, at least an hour to yourself in the morning to do these things. Because when you become protective of your time and when you become proactive with your time, man, the world responds to you in a way different way. You are in the driver's seat all day and it feels good. And once you do this on a consistent basis, you will never, ever go back the other way. I guarantee it. Okay. That's pretty much it for all the three questions that I have, I'm about halfway through my 48 hour fast. So I'm a little foggy as well. Couldn't tell, 
but I want to continue to answer questions. I have a ton of questions that people have submitted and I'm happy to do these. I just launched and re-edited all the pages on ckcollective.co. So I hope you head to the website. You can find all the episodes there. They're also here on YouTube. Um, you can submit questions. You can also purchase sponsorships. So if you're an entrepreneur or a business or starting a side project and you want to purchase a 30-second sponsorship to go in at the beginning of these episodes now, you can purchase one per episode. You can only purchase future episodes one, excuse me, future episodes. Uh, I will not be retroactively going back and editing these, but the cost is the episode number. So the next one I'm doing is episode seven. You can sponsor that with a 30-second spot for $7. Pretty cool if you're trying to get your business off the ground. I've always wanted to launch something that's sort of ad related, but really encourages uh, people to get their message out there. You can record it or send me copy and I will read it. Either way, you know how to reach me through three questions podcast at gmail.com. Uh, my website is ckcollective.co. My name is Cam. Thank you for submitting your questions today, Justin. And I hope I answer them. If not, you know how to reach me, WhatsApp, email, and I'll see you guys in the next one. See ya.